Welcome to Purpose, where we talk about how to navigate life, exploring the joys and difficulties of being single, and strengthening our faith in Jesus Christ. My name is Emily. And I'm Stephanie. And today we're going to be focusing on finding purpose in our circumstances. Oftentimes, as single women, these are not necessarily circumstances that we have desired or would have chosen for ourselves, but there, along with some not-so-great things, there are lots of really positives and blessings that we can identify if we kind of take some time to look for those. So, Emily, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've done to find purpose in your circumstances. Honestly, I think one of my biggest fillers is my family. It's interesting when you're a family of one, it's really easy to just pack up your bags, you know, and just go on vacation or go wherever. And my siblings, I'm the youngest and there's four of us in my family and my parents and my siblings, they all, I guess if you call it like the natural LDS marriage story of they all got married pretty young and it just kind of came naturally for them. And so I'm like the unique one in the family, but they have all been so great and like supportive and trying to help me navigate finding, you know, my purpose and this stage of life and what I'm doing. And one of the best ways they've done that is just including me on like so many fun adventures and things. Um, uh, for example, we just had fall break and they said, let's go to Moab and let's go mountain biking. And so my brother came and my sister and her family, and we just had a blast and it was so fun to be there and, and to kind of fill that role as aunt and not so much mom, like, like I'd like to, um, but it's almost, dare I say more fun <laughs> to be aunt than be mom. And I, I really enjoyed this weekend just having fun with the kids, but not feeling like I had a discipline, you know, and we just had a good time and created a lot of memories. And so I think when you ask that question, that's probably the number one thing that comes to my mind. And, and we recognize too, that whoever's listening to this, that may not be a blessing in your life. Like maybe you're the only member of the church in your family, or maybe your family lives really far away. And so it's not easy to, you know, pick up and go to Moab with your family. Um, but maybe there's other ways that you can find uh, opportunities to connect with your family, whether that's maybe every Sunday, you're going to take an hour to just call each of your siblings or your parents, or just checking in, um, with cousins or grandparents, or there's so many people. I think the bottom line is like trying to find the ability to look outside yourself. And we know that that's like age old wisdom here, but it's truly, honestly, that's finding happiness is just what can I do to like look out for others? And I feel like my family has done a really good job at just helping me capitalize on that and recognize that that's healthy to be there and to be part of those things. And to take advantage of those. I loved, I'm super close with all of my siblings. There are eight of us, but there were several times when we would get together as a family and I felt so lonely because everybody else had their family. I was with my family, but I didn't have my own little immediate family. And when I focused on the differences or the fact that I didn't have my family, then those family activities became much less enjoyable instead of coming to my family looking forward and saying, who can I talk to? Who can I get with? In fact, sometimes I would make it uh, a goal to hit every niece and nephew of some kind, tell me what's going on in school, what's happening here, just to give them a hug. And then I became more of the 
acting rather than acting upon. And then it made me enjoy those experiences significantly yeah. much more. And when you said that too, I just think it's so interesting how um, you can feel so alone with a group of people and like your family, that's your group. Like you wouldn't think that you would feel alone, but I amen to that. I can definitely see that there's been some holidays and Christmas mornings when I see them all just kind of connecting. And it's like, I know that they mean well, and they would never be like, Oh, Emily, you're on the outside. But sometimes, yeah, I think Satan is so crafty at turning our focus. It's just a reality sometimes. And so for me, I just had to, it's okay. This is where I am. I'm grateful for the circumstances that I have and an opportunity to spend this time with my parents or, you know, whom I just love dearly and (laughs) in ways that I wouldn't have, you know, if I was married with my, you know, my own little family. And so it's, it's okay. I found there was a lot of sweetness in any of those circumstances. So I, um, I was thinking about too, Stephanie has told me a little bit about, uh, for years she was involved in planning some pretty big activities and I'll just say right up, up front, we each have our niche, like our own things. And so as Stephanie describes this, it's totally and completely okay if this is not your jam. If you're just like, that's great that you did that, but oh my gosh, that's a huge undertaking. But maybe there's some of you, as she explains this, that you're going to be like, wow, what a great idea. Like I should try to do this too and surround myself with like good people. So will you explain just kind of some of these activities that you were heading for years? Sure. Um, my dad was the state president. And I realized that I had access to some funds as well as some quote unquote priesthood leadership that I could kind of capitalize on. And instead of sitting around and complaining that the only thing that was available to me was a fireside or a dance and being on the younger end of an older single population is really awkward. And so I just found myself, these activities were awful and I just, they were so just disgusting, not disgusting, that's a harsh word, (laughs) maybe more discouraging than anything else. And so I remember thinking, well, instead of just complaining about it, why don't you go do something different? And so I thought, okay, well, what are some activities that I would want to go to? And so I just started with a monthly family home evening in my stake. I got together with all the bishops and said, hey, we're looking for people within this age group. We're going to have a family home evening. And this was way before, you know, come follow me or anything like that. And so we just invited people to come together. And I can't even remember what we did. We might have pulled taffy or something. (laughs) And, but it was fun. And we just did it on a regular basis. And then I started, one of the things that was really fun is I started inviting other people in that, in my stake to help me with the activities as they got bigger and bigger. And so some of the things I did, uh, we would do kind of a reverse cottage meeting where people would come and we would have dinner and then we would have a speaker or they would come and we would have snacks and then we would have a speaker or something like that. I just wanted to be somebody who was one of my favorite scriptures is when Alma takes Amulek after they've just been beaten up by the people of Ammonihah and Alma comes back and it says, and he brought him to his house and he strengthened him in the Lord. And I thought that's all I need to do because sometimes being single feels hopeless especially when you feel powerless to change your circumstances. And so I just thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to strengthen people in the Lord. And so I just kept having 
just little activities like that. I had a carnicue, which is a carnival slash barbecue. <laughs> and so we just more and more and people would come up to me and they would say, your activities are the only ones I want to go to, even though not it didn't work out for me socially, though I was instrumental in bringing about 10 couples together <laughs> through those activities, not for myself, but it was just a way for me to, I guess, use the talents that I had been given. And one guy asked me one time, he said, why do you plan these activities? And my first response was to glorify God because I felt like he had given me a kind of a set of abilities and talents to use and an ability to kind of rally people together and be optimistic and hopeful. And I said, that's kind of how I'm using this time to celebrate and give back to God. All the while hoping that it would promote my own <laughs> success and happiness. And it did, but just in different ways. I have, there was a friend in my ward who was a therapist and a Somebody who had come to one of my activities was her client. So this therapist came to me later, unbeknownst. I don't think the individual knew that the therapist and I knew each other and said, her, Stephanie's activities are the only ones that give me hope. Oh, that's awesome. Like so sad, but also so great. (laughs) And it was just really sweet to know that what I was doing, even though sometimes I was just super frustrated and tired. And I realized that it was just promoting positivity. And I think this individual actually ended up getting married, not because of me. So for me, it was taking advantage. Okay, what am I doing in these circumstances? Or what do these circumstances allow me to do that I wouldn't be able to do if I were married? And so another thing, I have a bunch of nieces that are all around the same age, sort of. And some of them don't have sisters. And I grew up with five boys. And my sisters are the end of my family. So I know what it's like to be the only girl in a bunch of boys. And so we will have niece nights. And I will invite them over. We have sleepovers. And we talk. And it is just the cutest, funnest thing to get a hold of these little girls to create a relationship. Hopefully that will span their whole lifetime and my whole lifetime. So is there anything else that you thought of? A scripture that came to my mind as you were talking about that is just 2 Nephi 2, where it talks about this idea that we are to act and not be acted upon and how important that is to do that, that God created us. And he says, you're free, like you're free to make these decisions and, and to go for it. And I just props to you. Like, I just love that. You're like, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Like I'm going to get up and do something. And as a result of that, it was just like, blessing so many people and what did you say 10 couples at least least. I tried I lost count but I think there were close to eight eight to ten marriages and it's not sometimes they met at the activity but I know one couple that met to carpool to the activity (laughs) I love it so I count that one that yeah definitely (laughs) you should (laughs) yeah I I was thinking I started this a few years ago but I just thought it would be important to take my nieces and nephews out one one at a time and just do like a little activity with Aunt Emily and whether that's as simple as like getting ice cream or um, going and taking them shoe shopping or whatever, but just showing them that they matter and that that one-on-one time is important to, yeah, to um, share that with them and, and to help them feel loved. And and I, I just think it's, it's okay too. As Stephanie was sharing this, I just thought, you know, 
I think we talked about this last episode too, but sometimes there are better days than others. Like there's some days that you feel really motivated and you want to do things and you want to go and be a part of things. And then there's other days that you're just like, I just don't have the energy for it. And, you know, honestly, I really think God understands that. And he's like, it's okay. Like, this is definitely not the cards you thought I would deal you when you were 17, 18, 19, 24, 25, you know, and it's okay. And we just be patient with that. And I just think that other scripture too, where it's like, God doesn't want us to run faster than we have strength. So take these ideas and, and take these suggestions in stride, recognize, um, what they are for you and, and have confidence that as you pray and you ask the Lord, like, look, I'm in a really unique situation that you put me in. (laughs) Like, this was not my choice. My choice would have been A, B, and C, but this is my choice now. And so please help me understand how to make the best use of that. And I, I would imagine that you will be surprised to see what, inspiration comes to you, um, during these times. And, and I think one factor we need to throw in here too, is church. Sometimes church is just tough. Like it's really hard when you're single and older, and especially if you're going to a family ward, it's kind of like, okay, what family am I going to tag along with this week? You know, who am I going to sit by? And I, I just feel really blessed. My last family ward, they were so nice. Like there were several ladies that were like, Emily, you always have a place with us. You can always sit with us. You never have to ask. You just come and sit by our families. And I, it was such a small gesture, but such a nice thing when I didn't feel like I had to do the work or make that decision. It was just there. But sometimes with church too, I think we get the wrong attitude of why we're even going. We kind of lose that vision. So you were telling me a little bit about how you proactively kind of changed the the nature of your experience at church share what you would do when you would move to a new ward. I have to admit that this took years, like a really long time to mentally get in this space and feel confident doing this because it takes a lot of nerve to take the initiative. But I would just make a conscious effort to go to the bishop on one of my first couple of Sundays and just shake his hand and introduce myself and just say, new to the ward, but I want to get involved. So please know that like I'm ready to serve and put me to work. Because I think it can be pretty lonely and discouraging when you're kind of waiting for someone else to initiate that. So how did you get to that point? Like, what did you, what process did you find yourself going through in order to feel more comfortable doing them? Yeah, y'all are probably not going to like this answer, but honestly, the first word that came to my mind was maturity, (laughs) just growing up and just realizing it wasn't all about me, that there are so many other people that need my help and I need to stop self-pitying and realize like, okay, God put me in this situation for a reason and in the circumstance and I've got to make the most of it. And so the easiest path that came to me was just the logical path of talk to the man in charge, (laughs) talk to the Bishop and just tell him he's got the keys and just pray for inspiration that he put me in a calling and in a situation that would be beneficial. And actually, honestly, a story with that. Um, so several years ago, it was my, it was actually, it was my first family ward that I attended and I knew it was right. I knew I was supposed to go. It was kind of a weird transition going from my singles ward there, but it just like felt right of where I was supposed to go. And I remember they put me in a calling, um, in primary, not to say that primary is bad at all, but I remember thinking like, why am I here? And that's so prideful and awful. But part of me was a little bit like, what? Like, was he inspired to make this call? Like, what is going on? And then the most interesting thing happened, like just a couple months later, 
um, one of the girls that I got to know in primary got released and then I got released and she got called into a presidency and called me as one of her counselors. And I just thought, you know, we wouldn't have met, we wouldn't have interacted if I hadn't first had that stepping stone. So I would just say too, in my growing up and recognizing in these wards and our different situations, like realize that sometimes there's stepping stones to other things of where you feel a little more like, ah, here's my fit. It didn't quite feel right there, but here it is. And and we're good, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sadly, it's not always this natural kind of experience. And there are some of those tugs and pulls, you know, mm-hmm. like, ah, why am I here? Just adding insult to injury a little bit. <laughs> what would you say? Because uh, sometimes, especially if you're on the older end of, of a singles, the single bracket, you don't feel like you fit in with a young single adult ward and you don't feel like you fit in with an older single adult ward or just going to a family ward. Is there anything from your experience that would help anybody that's kind of in that weird limbo stage? Yeah, honestly, it was thoughts and feels. It's revelation. I, I really don't know how else to explain that. Like, I just keep thinking of President Nelson and how he's like, I plead with you to, to figure it out. Like, figure out how God talks to you. And go to him in prayer and through scripture study because I really don't know that I would have transitioned as smoothly if I hadn't had that confirmation from heaven saying it's time. And looking back on it too, I'm like, oh my goodness, like these people that I met, it was, I was so supposed to, you know, like just in the conversations and the relationships, maybe that sounds too simple or I don't know, but that's just, I'd probably... That's what I would say. Well, you can't change the circumstances. I mean, you're just going to feel awkward in different places at different times anyway. And so that just made me think of in a recent conference talk, President Oaks was talking about why we go to church and why we have a church. And one of the beautiful things that I don't think a lot of people want to hear is the idea of what happened to me or didn't happen to me at church. Like no one was friendly to me. And so therefore I'm going to leave. And he says, personal disappointments should never keep us from the doctrine of Christ who taught us to serve and not to be served. And then he shares this experience from somebody who I think presents what mindset we should have when we go to church. And as we are single attending a family ward or even a family church, uh, instead of focusing on all of the reasons why this is difficult or why we are different, just focus on what this individual says. Years ago, I changed my attitude about going to church and no longer do I go to church for my sake, but to think of others. I make a point of saying hello to people who sit alone, to welcome visitors, to volunteer for an assignment. In short, I go to church each week with the intent of being active, not passive, and making a positive difference in people's lives. And I think that is one of the most beautiful ways to find purpose in any circumstance. In fact, that quote from President Nelson, um, the joy that we experience in our lives has nothing to do with the circumstances, but it has everything to do with the focus. And I think that, and how often that was quoted yes, in conference, right? Yes. Like over and over, and over, and, over. and I think that's one of the things that president Nelson and other leaders are trying to prepare us for is that circumstances could be really 
not awesome. (laughs) But that does not have to change what's happening to us inside. Because the testimony, the spirit, the well of living water is really in us. And that is what we can take outside to influence those circumstances. And until we do that, sometimes I was probably the most selfish, pouty, bitter, (laughs) frustrated, angry when it was why isn't the world adapting to serve me versus me making those adjustments to help and bless other people? And this might sound trite and church answery, but there is truth in it. And the times that we can get outside of ourselves, those are the times when I find that our souls grow more and God can do more with us. Yeah. I, and I think too, that's where we're like the most happy as well. You know, like, um, I just think it's so easy. Regardless, here's the thing. Everybody has difficult things. Truly and honestly, if you were to sit down with any random person in your ward and you just say, tell me your life story, what have you experienced thus far? I would put huge money (laughs) on that. If I were betting, I would put huge money on that, that every single person you talk to would name at least one thing that was really cruddy. And then what they've learned from that and how they've grown from that. And I think Satan is so good at just focusing on like what we don't have and what people and like what people aren't doing to serve us or to help us. Like you said, you know, we, we've got to get out of that mindset and we recognize it's okay. There are, the reality is there are going to be days that you are going to be low and it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough. And you're going to want to hit stop right now on this recording and be like, stop, you know, I don't want to hear anymore. And it's okay. Cause that's the reality. But The other reality, the flip side of that, the happier side, the more content, meant, feel, peace feeling that you have is is when you truly do change that attitude and try to think, how can I search for others and bless their lives? Like, how can I help them? And you just, you do, you just forget about yourself and it just feels like your problems aren't quite as bad as you thought they were. (laughs) Well, let's talk for a second about all the benefits. Emily and I were laughing about, hey, all of our money is for us. We don't have to share. (laughs) It's a huge benefit. The huge walk-in closet, just me. (laughs) All the shoes? All the shoes, all me. me. And so there are some significant benefits. I loved, and I still love anting, though I don't have little nieces and nephews, but boy, if they were crabby and had a stinky diaper, ooh, they had a mom and a dad. I would just hand that right over. <laughs> so anting is one of the best. Really but going back to some of that family stuff, I was thinking, too, as you were talking, man, I am able to have and talk about things sometimes with some nieces and nephews that sometimes their parents might not be able to. And I can have an influence and an impact that other people can't. And, and so I was labeled fun out stuff. So everybody needs a fun out stuff. And I, I loved that, that name, because that's exactly kind of the title that I took upon myself that I can come in and love and hug and kiss. And then I'm like, Oh, you're bratty. Okay. You go home and I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) And it's the best. It's the best of the nurturing world without, you know, having stretch marks and (laughs) having to deal with all of the whining. And we look forever young. That is another bonus. So See, you got to just make a list of the pros. You do. You really do. Because <laughs> they are definitely there. So um, I wanted to ask you too, Stephanie. I know like in my circumstance, I believe as we've talked in the past, I think I transitioned a little quicker than you did to family ward. I went from like singles ward. To I never really dipped into the older singles. Can you explain kind of like, did you ever go to the family ward? Like what was your transitioning process and all that? Yeah. In fact, um, 
I was in just because I was living with friends who were younger. And so I just, I was a little bit older, but going to a young single adult ward, even though I was, I think I was 32 and I did feel a little bit out of place, but it was just, I was anyway. And it was great though. Cause I noticed too, with my priesthood leaders, they were super awesome. Like right. I got like 30, 31 and they were like, Emily, feel free to stay however long, like they weren't kicking me out. And I, Right, right. Because I didn't know, and I, I'm trying to think because this was forever ago. But they had abolished the older singles ward, so they didn't exist. And so it was either like 31, and boy, you were in a family ward. And so I then moved and went to a family ward, and I was in a family ward for probably 10 plus years. And then they reinstated the mid singles wards, and so I had just looked at this whole time of being single as a time to be anxiously engaged, meaning if there was a singles ward, I was going to take advantage of it, even though I kind of went a little bit, ugh, I don't know if I want to do that. But I also, at the same time, I'm trying to give God every opportunity to bless me. And so I'm going to put myself in positions where it's going to make that meeting or the networking or anything that I need to do easier. And so I started going to a um, mid-singles ward, but I had, there was a caveat. I kept my records in my family ward, <laughs> and I still like was a visiting teacher there. And But I had a calling in the other ward, so it was a little bit trippy, but I just had to anyway just it was just weird and and so and I only did that for probably a year and a half then I realized yeah this is not where I need to be and so I came back to my family ward and sometimes I don't know it's just really tricky sometimes it depends on the family ward mine happened to be really great and I had a lot of people who valued and associated with me just as a human and not as a single sister yeah there were some people in my family ward who we never really had any kind of a connection because I think they thought we didn't have anything in common and those people were the ones that I mean it's fine you know we were friendly but it's just not the creation of those those deep friendships so I was really grateful for people who looked outside of that label and just came to find me as a human being mm-hmm. that was valuable and and, it, and worthwhile. And those are some of the sweetest friendships that I have. And I don't look around and say, oh, you guys are married and I'm single and they're doing a service project. It was because we cared just about each other as, as daughters, you know, as yeah. women. Well, and I think too, just as much as God will use us as angels for other people, he puts those angels in our lives too, in tough circumstances, like in these wards. And I just think about my last ward I was in, just as simple as a bunco night. Like they invited me to a bunco night and they were all married and young moms, but it's like, it didn't even matter. They just saw me. I love how you said that. They see you as the individual, someone fun that they want to have around and play games with. And you're like, bless you. Thank you so much for including me into this circle where it'd be really easy to be outside. Yeah. And they wouldn't even get together all the time and talk about their children and or their husbands, (laughs) which was awesome. Cause I know that inside every single married woman is also a single girl. And so we can just talk about things that are meaningful and they would just include me in just the generalized talking of discipleship and what are some things that you're learning and whatever. And even if they were talking about husband or children, I didn't feel like I was left out because I had my own set of lessons. In fact, they would often seek me out to find out what are you learning about this or what's your views on this because they really valued my opinion. 
And so it, anyway, it just ended up being and still is just one of the sweetest blessings of just going where you feel God wants you to be and then taking full advantage of all of those opportunities and finding those people. If they're not reaching out to you, you go find them. That's one of the things I got really good at is seeking people out that I knew would bless my life. That sounds super selfish. But sometimes that's what I would do as a single girl. You need to have those. And I would screen and boy, I would look around and like that girl right there is one that I know will bless my life. And I'm going to go be her friend and I'm going to bless her life. Mm -hmm. And that typically comes from being in those circumstances that you might not be really excited about. So I just found God had blessings all over the place kind of disguised as maybe some duty or some hard work or something that, you know, you don't shy away from, but you really embrace and then you can just watch the hand of God work in your life. I love that. That's so good. We just, we really hope that, um, that you recognize that yes, it is a unique circumstance that you're in a hundred percent. Stephanie and I get it. Like we understand we've walked that path. I'm still walking that path. Like we, we understand that. But also just try to have the mentality and the hope that, like, Christ really does have your best interest at heart. Like, he really is trying to help you grow in the best way possible. And maybe for us women here in this situation, that's what was best for us because there's things that we needed to learn. Or, and also maybe just to help other people that maybe we wouldn't have been able to teach the same lessons in different circumstances. And so try to always just keep that eternal perspective that there's more than just you um, and your sphere. It's, it's a much wider sphere of influence that God is hoping that you'll be able to bless other people's lives and, and help them see that, that like you can find joy in all things like we quoted President Nelson, right? It's not so much that circumstance, but it's that focus that you have. So thank you for listening and joining us as we find purpose as single sisters.